Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. I have guests, and um, I'm going to do something kind of experimental. We'll see how this goes. Sean? What's up, man? Can you hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this is experimental. I'm waiting for a few more people. Hey, um, so I just want to say, if you're tuning in, I was just texting Sean. I'm only concerned with the first domino. Uh, pushing it, that is, and then I get out of my way, and then I see what happens. You know, a lot of times it's a shit show. A lot of times the domino only hits like three and stops, but once in a while that shit just goes on and it just becomes magical. So we'll see what happens today. Oh wait, wait, wait! We got more people. Sean, hold on. All right. Hey, Paul, jump in if you're here, because I see you, but I don't. You gotta, uh, you gotta request to join. Uh, so here's what we're doing today. I, um, oh, fuck, wait, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, man, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get three. Hey, listen, um, you know, to make it more exciting, if we, if you don't know me and you want to jump in, request that too. And we'll also have, uh, like a random person, um, who could end up being either a heckler or, uh, maybe take it to the next level. All right, Paul, welcome. All right. What's up? I'm here. All right, let me get one more uh, victim. Hey, Paul, by the way, this is my boy, Sean. Sean, this is Paul. Sean, it's a pleasure. Nice to meet you. Pleasure Great, meet smart you. people in the room. Okay, uh, so we have Paul, we have Sean, and then we have one, uh, what is it called? What We have one wild card. So I'm pulling someone just out of the sky. Let's see what, oh, you know, you know what happens is uh, people will ask to join and then uh, once they get on camera, they'll get very afraid and jump out. But if I can't get anyone else, that's okay. We'll just go us. Oh, wait. Hey, we are in someone's bedroom. Or where? Oh. <laughs> the internet is freaky. Okay, hold on. Because I have a bunch of people asking. So let, someone's going to stick, I promise. Okay, here we go. That. Oh, there you are. Hey, Hi. how are you? Good, how are don't, you? Don't leave. Okay, here's okay. what I want you to do. I want you to, um, as I do my intro, I want you to think of three of the hardest questions that you could imagine. Um, and, and a good way to do it is think about questions that you would not want uh, people to ask you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here's the experiment today. Uh, it's very overcast here in Los Angeles. I went to go get a cup of coffee and I said to myself, uh, because in LA it's always sunny. So when it's overcast, it's a very exciting day. It's like a, you know, it's like a snow day, right? And so I was like, when it's overcast, um, I like to either have sex and Vanessa's in Hawaii, so that's not gonna happen unless I just, you know, take care of myself. Um, I like to write. Writing is amazing when it's overcast. Um, and then, you know, doing content, podcasts and stuff like that. So I said, I'm gonna do something called, uh, you can answer hard questions, a kind of play off of Glendon Doyle's, you can do hard things. And I said, I'm just gonna invite 
some friends or strangers, and we're going to ask each other three hard questions. Not taking the shallow end of the pool, but diving into the deep end. And let's see what happens. <laughs> okay. So I have three. I'm going to go first, and then we'll go around, and uh, you guys could buy some time. Okay. <laughs> Paul, I'm going to start with you. Okay. You ready? Question number one. If you can have a one redo in life or another at bat, even if it's a conversation with someone from the past, what would that be and why? Um, it would probably, that one would have to fall under a business decision. Yeah, not a personal one. A one. There was a juncture in my life where it got real binary, and it was a matter of signing a contract or playing hard to get. And I played hard to get, and it completely evaporated. So I often think of that day that I should have went into that boardroom, and when they said, "Okay, we're in," I should have said, "Where do I sign?" Instead of mm. trying to cool and you know write it out. And right. it could have changed. It could have changed my life. You may not be in this room if you did that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this room. No, I wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Now you get to ask one of us a hard question. Okay. Um, what's more important to you, safety or growth? What are the two? Safety or growth? Who are you asking? Um, I just threw that out to the group. <laughs> okay, Sean, go ahead. What's more important to you, safety or growth? You know, I got to say, this is going to sound like I'm full of shit, but, but I'm trying not to be. I'm going to say growth, not because I fucking do that shit perfectly at all. Like, I'm always, like, daring and doing the, like, hard thing and climbing the mountain or, you know, like, tearing off my shirt and getting into some, like, some, like wicked mess. But because uh, uh, for the other two guests on here who don't know me, John and I know each other very well, I'm in, uh, you know, addiction recovery, sex and love addiction as a coach. And when you get into recovery work, you start to learn how to take healthy risks as contrasted from th the terrible, dangerous, life-threatening risks you would take as an addict, whether it's behavioral addiction or whether it's substance abuse. So... I've, I've really had to learn how to go ahead and take a healthy risk, whether it's business, whether it's even like parenting, because I've got two teens, uh, whether it's my artistic output. Um, and it's not pretty at all. And it's not perfect. And again, I'm not like Tom Robbins, Tim Robbins going out Tim, there. Uh, like, yeah, you know, like doing all the things. But yeah. I've learned to better discern like, ooh, if I – if I get a little nervous and a little anxious and I push, right, like a stretch goal, if I do something that stretches me a little, there might be a really informational payoff. And even if it doesn't work, at least it's a healthy risk and I learn from it. So sorry to sound so like whatever, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, 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 not safety. So your, your growth, your growth. Yeah. Your growth. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay, hey, hey, I forgot your name walking around. I'm going inside. Okay. What's your name again? Jess. Jess. Okay. So, Sean, ask Jess a hard question. Uh, and then if we're not speaking, let's mute, mute ourselves just so. Uh... Okay. Got it. Jess, is that what you said your name was? Yes. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet um, you. 
I don't think this is going to be that that hard, but it's it's the first thing that popped in my head because John just reached out like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. So, Jess, are you comfortable with asking a new sexual partner to get tested? And and have you have you done that before? And how did it go? Um, I actually haven't done it before, which I've never been put in a position where I thought that I should. But um, I think as I'm getting older, I'm 33, and I look back on things where I'm like, oh, shit, I probably should have done this. But um, at the point I am in my life right now, I don't think that I would be afraid. Um, I watch a lot of the angry therapists and things like that. And he says a lot of things that resonate with me, you know, like um, one of the things that he said once was like, I need the room. <laughs> don't say you. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that you said once was like, uh, you know, if you put something out there and they go away, then they're not, they're not there for you. They're not meant to be, you know, leave it alone. And um, so, so no, I would not be afraid. And if, they put up a fight or something like that, then I'm like, that kind of tells me all I need to know, mm -hmm. you know, because if you have nothing to hide, then just do it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. cool. Thank you for the answer. Yeah. Jess, one hard question. Um, so my husband and I, we, we just got married um, in May and um, we are very community. Like we communicate so well. And um, actually, I asked him a hard question one night. I was like, do you have one that got away? Um, mm. I think people Ooh. are so afraid to, like, kind of go into relationships like that and things, you know. So that was a very hard one. And I didn't want to hear the answer. It just it just came out. And I was like, oh, gosh. Like, um, so that one was really hard for me to ask and to hear the answer to. That is a hard question. That's a very loaded question. Yeah. Because if you answer it, the shit's going to go down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So who is that question for? Paul or Sean or me? Um, let's go Sean. Let's go Sean. Let's see. God, Sean. God damn it. I was going to go Paul. I was going to tell you to go <laughs> Paul. Um, did one get away? Wow. I'm Man, I'm going to kind of soft shoe this. To to, I'm going to say no, but with an asterisk, because, yeah, there are relationships. Again, sex and love addict, I stomped my way through, like, you know, like a bed of flowers with, you know, big old boots. Like I did that in plenty of relationships, just not having any healthy sense of intimacy. So there are probably one or two people that I was like, oh, my God, that would have been such a beautiful thing if I hadn't fucked it up. That said, also as a function of my like recovery work and my coaching and my spirituality, I've told John this before and, and kind of got like, <gasps> not from John, but from some other people we were on a, on a podcast with, I don't believe in uh, soulmates. I don't believe in that concept. And so I don't, it, 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 for me, it, it smacks of uh, scarcity. Like I'm, like I'm thinking in a deficit, like, oh my God, that was the one person. What the fuck am I going to do now? everything's ruined. How am I ever going to get that person? And I know people like that who are like, Oh my God, there was this guy. And if I had just stayed with him, I'm like, Oh my God, you're like married now. And you're saying that like, so, so yes, I, there are probably, there's probably at least one person, probably maybe two where it'd be nice to have a little do over or like, can I just try again? But that said, I'm not pining after it. I'm not trying to get into regret mode. And I don't believe, I don't believe in that scarcity mindset. I think there are plenty of, 
people in the sea and you know we'll just see what happens when we finally swim by each other you know so sorry if that's kind of a shitty evasive answer but that's my answer i love it it's great hey paul how is the resentment you have towards someone right now affecting you these days <laughs> Wait, unmute yourself. Sorry. Hey, Paul's unmuted. He just did that on purpose because he didn't want to answer the question. So he just started moving his mouth. He's like, That's right. Yeah, I can. <laughs> no, that one, that, one, that one hit close to home because there's a couple where I'm having to work through. And mm. it's, you know, it goes back to getting my amygdala under control, getting my fight or flight, getting those, those autonomic responses in and going, okay, you're not going to change them. I actually had an experience that came up where it was a tripwire and somebody did not, did not express empathy for my situation. And a year ago, I would have been like, that's why we're in this situation. That's why we fight all the time. That's what, because you're not capable of doing this. Instead, I sat back and I'm like, okay, think about how this person was raised. Think about how they act. Think about whether they had the capacity to even give you the empathy. And then I started to deconstruct it and brought it back to myself. And, and I, was, I was actually pretty happy with that response. Didn't mm -hmm. say that I wasn't running red for a good you know, hour, but then I like walked it back. So yeah, resentment is now becoming, forcing me to go back to myself instead of just you know, going full Ragnarok on everything around me. Yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you. Uh, I love your question. <laughs> Paul, your question. For um, Make it hard. All right, John. Are you living your true sexual identity? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna hey, say I, uh, my internet freezing. My internet <laughs> freezing. Uh, the, my what? Can you guys still hear me? John. Damn. That, that's a that's a fucking good one. Am Paul. I living my true sexual identity? Holy shit! You're gonna ask me this on a Sunday when I'm horny? Um, oh, Saturday. Saturday. That's how horny you are. You skipped the day. That's an overcast Saturday Am I living my true sexual identity? Uh, dude, I'm going to say no. Um, and and that, has, that has nothing to do with my partner or, you know, our sex or anything. Um, I'm only going to say no because I don't know. And I feel like if I don't know something, I can't say yes. But, but uh, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe say no because, I, you know, it depends on what I de define as identity, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean your orientation, um, it no. could mean, are you living uh, your capacity, your potential as a sexual being, right? Um, yeah, so suppressing, yeah. suppressing a healthy kink, suppressing a sure. desire, suppressing communication. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Um, there are parts of me that definitely fall under the umbrella of kink or um, I call it dumpster sex that Vanessa always rolls her eyes at. And... Um, <laughs> I, I tend to suppress, right? And I tend to uh, um, shame myself, um, stuff like that. So at one point in my uh, 20s, I thought I was a sex addict. 
And uh, then I realized, I don't think I, I, I am, but you know, some days, you know, I don't know, I don't know. So uh, am I living to my full, fullest as far as my sexual identity? No, I'm not. But here's the other thing. I don't know if what that looks like in, in our lifetime. I don't know if everyone hits um, their full sexual identity. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like it ebbs and flows. John, I'm going to fuck with you and say that you're sounding a little lawyerly at the end there, but it's all right. It's all right. It's <laughs> That's true. right. And, There's a loophole. And, and also, Paul, Paul, I thought you asked me. So then when John started to go, I was like, okay, I'm off the hook. I'm off the hook. Oh, <laughs> damn. Um, no, the, the answer is no. And what a great question. I think um, it's uh, something that I need to uh, uh, be on a journey with for sure. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You I son think. of a bitch. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Sean, what is one thing that you believe you failed at? And an answer can't be, I don't believe in failure. I understand that's a mindset. I choose not to believe in failure. But what is one thing that you believe that you failed at that you can, you know, um, that you so, wish you didn't? So I got that. And the last part that you said is, is key, because I will say I'm better finally, almost 50 years old, I'm better finally um, about regrets, right? And that's a mm -hmm. lot of this, again, recovery mm -hmm. shit. That said, when you and I were hanging out back in the day, actually right before I met you, I was with the studio Artisan Entertainment that put out Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. And that was like the first movie that ever, ever had like a viral campaign. It was like still internet 1.0, but it's the closest thing to what we have today that we call viral, right? Like it was on all the ads, all the TVs. On the is, wait, hold on. So wait, is that why when we do an IG Live, you always start like this? That's, that's right, what, that's right. I'm like, that's a, <laughs> I, need, I need help. I'm so scared right now. I'm so scared. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so as, as a function, I think of my ADHD and my addiction, I lost about, I, I sabotaged, self-sabotaged two really, really big fucking opportunities back in the day. Mm. One was I quit that studio right before Blair Witch came out. And I just mm -hmm. thought, well, I need more time to go sit with John Kim at the cafe and write. I was like, dude, why didn't I, you know, in my 20s, I was like, I, again, scarcity mindset. I was yeah. thinking that every day was just spilling between my fingers like sand. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't get enough time. So it's like, dude, if I'm thinking about that now, I get off work at like five or six. I've had a lack of days of day. I go have a snack and then I go write for hours in my 20s. And I could not get that together, both as a function of my lack of maturity and my addiction. So I, I lost a fucking huge opportunity being a creative exec um, and sticking around Hollywood. So yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you, you ask uh, uh, Jess a question. Yeah, I'm gonna ask Jess. That's exactly who I was coming to next. Um, uh -oh. Jess, and this doesn't have to be, you know, vis-a-vis -vis your husband now or anything, just whomever. But can uh -huh. you avail a partner more trust can you trust a partner again after a big lie or betrayal and what does that look like Ooh, that's mm -hmm. a hard one for me um well my ex-husband uh cheated on me and mm -hmm. i take trust really seriously that's a that's a big thing for me um and it's always kind of been one of those things i'll trust you until i can't until you give me a reason not to and I tried to overcome that 
because we have two children, two small children. And I really tried. I tried to be the bigger person. I tried, I tried all kinds of things just to realign my way of thinking, um, coming, try not to come from a place of anger and all these things. And then it became, what did I do? It was me. It was because of me. It was because I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Um, and that went on for about a year of me struggling with it. Um, there would be a day where I'd be like, okay, this is okay. I'm fine. I can do this. And then I'd wake up the next day and I'd be like, nope, can't do this. This is not, um, all the while I was falling out of love with him. Like I loved him, but I wasn't in love with him. And so I, I don't think I can, I just don't, with after me trying all these things like jumping through hoops in my mind and emotionally and all these things um i don't think i can i can let it go but i can't really forgive something that was done to me because that's not fair to me um so no that's a thank you for your candor thank <laughs> you for that and i john can i put a little epilogue on that sure uh, Jess, I wanted to share with you that um, I blew the trust in my marriage and yes. I have a really healthy divorce now and we tried everything. Exorcist, yeah. fucking priest, fucking like therapist. You I know, staged shaman. the place. I'm like. Yeah, stage and you yeah. know, stardust and magic. We tried, we, lit, we very much tried everything. So now we are contented in the fact that we did try after I broke trust. It, yeah. it did not work. It could not come back together the way it was or even in yeah. a different way, but healthy. And so we amicably divorced and we have a great divorce and we have two kids as well. So yeah. I just wanted to just sort of open that space and be like, Good, I, I I'm not the only I one. I'm, yeah. I'm not the only one. Yeah. Jess, yeah. this is the last question. I want you to dig deep. You are at bat, bases loaded. This is for oh, Paul. Oh gosh, something that I wouldn't... Um, Make it embarrassing. Make it embarrassing. Okay. Um, have you I'm ever trying to get him back. had to tell one of your partners that was like the worst sex ever? Have you ever had to tell them that this just was not good? I don't want to do this again. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right, John, wow. come on. You're, you're, no. I'm, I'm doing that to you, John. This is, this is for me, Jess? Yes. Yeah. It's for Paul. Okay. And then, Paul, you can be the caboose. You can do the last one. <laughs> so have I ever had to pink slip a lover and just be like that? <laughs> Ooh. I, like I love that. that. I like how you worded that. That was way better than yeah. that. By the way, uh, Paul and Sean not only speak the language, but they're, they're wordsmiths. So um, when they talk, it's just fun having a conversation. Even just if they say up, nothing. Yeah. Um, he just said pink slip a lover. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm still like, I'm still trying to, I'm trying to figure out like what that even I'm gonna means. I'm going to have to tell my husband that he's a singer songwriter. So I'm going to have to tell him to put that in the song. That's good. God, pink <laughs> yeah, no, slip I a would, lover. I just, no, honestly, because now I've been married 20 years. It's sort of like back in the day, it just broke up. Because sex was the apex. Sex was the nucleus of which everything. And if you're like, all right, this doesn't work fuck it i'm out you know it's just and, and then i was just yeah i i no i never had a heartfelt conversation and sat down and go how can we align ourselves sexually no i would just be a stupid guy and run for the door and 
go elsewhere. So yes, that is my honest answer is that there was not any kind of deep conversation. I took the coward's path. Gotcha. The last, and, and, and the reason why this is going to be the caboose is the, the question that Paul asked, it's, we all have to answer it, including Paul. All right. I should not have said including Paul because now he knows. But you asked the question, dig deep, Paul. We all roundtable answer it, and then you end with the answer yourself. With your kids, with your spouse, with your family, do you have hope for the future? in the face of geopolitical climate, disease, the way everything's piling up right now, do you in your heart of hearts have hope for the future? Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, I, I do. I, uh, I know there's a lot of change happening and there's a lot of rocks being overturned right now. Uh, and it feels very sky is falling, panic and you know, um, but I got to say, man, there's also, I think, this thing happening in the world. This is me choosing to only not only look at this, but really uh, highlight this part. Um, minorities, women, uh, a, lot, a lot of uh, suppression now. I think, you know, it's not perfect, but voices being heard. Um, I grew up in the 80s, and it wasn't that far from Jerry Lewis taping his eyes back, right? And so um, I'm seeing a lot more Asian-Americans. Um, on TV, writing books, all of that. And I always secretly say, I wish I was in my thirties now, right? Now just being, you know, approaching 50, I feel like the kind of the kid that got held back and I wish I could play longer. Um, but I think there's a lot of stuff like that that gives me hope. Uh, my, my daughter being uh, a half, half Asian, half white, she's kind of the norm now, you know? Um, when I was growing up, um, people who were a mixed, uh, uh, ethnicities were um, they always got looks and stuff and so uh, also education I think is gonna have a huge reinvention uh, self-betterment becoming commercialized the new definition of man uh, all the stuff happening it's it's uh, we, we are really shaking uh, the life edge of sketch and so yes it feels chaotic but I think when the dust settles there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of good stuff, dis dis disruption in a good way. So yes, I do have hope, and I choose to have hope because I don't want to live hopeless uh, because I have been there and it's not fun. <laughs> That's my answer, Sean. You, um, I am consciously optimistic. I'll, I'll be very specific with that. I do have hope because if I don't, then what the fuck am I? doing the work that I'm doing for, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, Paul, to be more specific, John knows this, I'm very involved. I'm light-skinned, but I'm one of the mixed people that John's talking about. My dad's black, I identify as black, very much so. Um, and like John was saying, I got looks my whole life. What are you, what are you, what are mm -hmm. you? And, and now my kids are half, you know, like quarters of everything, Latino, Italian, black, German. So we have a very particular point of view my ex-wife and I have really bequeathed a lot of um, strength and pride in, in all the kids' family lines. So that's what we can do to sort of, you know, pass on our heritage very proactively. Um, but again, like John knows, I'm in social justice. I work for a nonprofit besides my, you know, uh, coaching work. And there are days when I'm down in the hood and I'm seeing just folks who I call desperate now to, to avoid any kind of and to acknowledge any kind of judgmentalism. I'm just like, 
It's a very desperate time. I see people hurting so bad. And the thing that appalls me is that, well, the thing that's difficult is I keep working one-on-one -on -one with people, right? Individuals and then neighborhoods and then civic bodies. And then you get higher and higher up on the macro level. It's just daunting when you start to get to the macro levels and the systemic shit is just, it's so slow moving. So everything that John was saying about, you know, uh, um, education and, you know, mixed folks, um, I, all of that makes sense to me. I think uh, if we don't communicate, if there's no communication, there's gonna be conflagration. And so my hope is that we just keep talking, even if it's very, very difficult. So I do have hope, it's just very cautious because I, I see the mess right now and it's, it's sad. A lot of it's sad and a lot of it's rage inducing. Thank you. Jess, Thank you. you wanna answer that question? Yeah, um, uh, I kind of agree with, with both of you. Um, you know, if you'd have asked me two years ago, I would have come out and I would have been like, no, I have no hope. Um, I seeing my kids and them going to school and everything like that. Like my daughter came home. She's um, she's nine and she's one of the most sweetest, empathetic children that I know. Like, and I, I don't know where she gets it from. It's not me. Um, but she was like, you know, I'm being bullied. I'm being bullied by a fourth grader and all these things. Mm -hmm. And I think now versus when I was a kid in the nineties and stuff like that, now is more so than ever we have all these bullies and things like that because we have social media and we have all these things that are constantly in our kids faces um because we come home and we're tired and we're like oh sit down and watch tv or oh play the iphone or do whatever and we're not we're not in it with our kids a lot and i am i am 100% guilty of that but i'm trying so much more now to pull them away and we live on two acres. I'm like, let's go outside. Let's do all these things. Let's be involved as a family and stuff. And um, I feel like that's where we're kind of pulling away as far as like our kids and stuff go. But, you know, as far as the world, um, I think that social media is good for those things. You know, we've got um, donations going on for all, all different, you know, charities and programs and all these things to try to reach out and help. Um, cause a lot of people want to stay anonymous that I've found, um, with dealing with charities and things like that. A lot of people don't want their names attached to it and all that stuff. So I think that's amazing. Um, you know, but I do have hope because if I didn't have hope, I'd be letting my kids down. Um, because at that point I'd just be saying, well, there's no hope for you. So, you know, I'm going to do the bare minimum and the least amount that I can, because I think we're all just going to crash and burn and that's going to be it. But I do have hope. I have hope um, with seeing all the different, you know, organizations, um, you know, just I do. I have hope. I have hope. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I yeah, have hope. that's all. That's, have that's all you need to say. That There's so be, much uh, pressure where it's it's like you can only put so much pressure on something before it fights back or all the, the women start to fight back before everybody starts to push back a little bit. And I think that's what we need. And it's the communication thing, like he was talking about. People don't communicate. And that's what I love about me and my husband. Like, this is the first relationship that I've ever been in where we can literally communicate with each other without fighting, without, you know, have, without all those things. And if, if people in the world could be that way, if we don't have resentment for each other, if we, you know, communicate and process things as humans, um, I feel like we can... We can do this. We can do this. Awesome. We can make a better world for our children. Thank you, Jess. 
All right, Paul, take it home. What's your answer? Is no. there hope? I don't, I don't have any. Mm. I, don't think, I don't think that we can get our shit together in time. I don't, when that 2042 year hits, when white, my, white will be minority in this country and the way that the climate is accelerating. One of my favorite sure. books is called On the Beach by Neville Shute. And it has to do with the fact that World War III happened and the fallout cloud is moving over the planet. And the last place is this seaside town in Australia that hasn't been hit with fallout yet. And everybody's going on about their lives. They know what's coming, but they're going about their normal lives to keep a semblance of normalcy and to just keep that idea up until the very end. And I'm at about 75, 25, 25 hopeful that something that there will be this tectonic shift society wise or that, but it, that's 25 is fueled by being a dad. It's like, okay, if there is a chance, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then I'm going to fucking suck it up and carry it through. But understanding, looking at it, Sean, going to your point, looking at it systemically and looking at it from an exponential, you know, momentum way. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the guy wearing literally the black shirt in this. Um, I love it, you know, and I appreciate your honesty. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, how do you, if you don't, because you, you are a very positive guy and a powerful catalyst, how do you, if you only have 25% hope, how do you go through the days and how do you, you know, produce joy and how do you, do you or, or, or is there a power in the acceptance that, you know, we are now on the downfall and so make the best of it kind of thing? It is, it goes back to that whole on the beach thing. It's like, you know what, I'm not, because I have, you know, this is where I would love to talk to Sh Sean about this stuff. I have sat in bed. I have had, you know, finished off a bottle of red wine in a coffee cup at 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, I have mm -hmm. given up and that didn't work out so well. So, you know, this is every day. It causes you to be consciously excavating joy from a single day and going, mm. okay, that was a good one. So let's see what the next one brings. And hopefully the news will be different. And I'll just try to do what I can in my little, my little hovel. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for your honesty. Hey, Jess, thank you for being the first wild card today. Yeah, Great meeting Thanks, you. You and, too, uh, yeah, thanks for letting me join. You're welcome. Uh, this was the first episode of You Can Answer Hard Questions. <laughs> Sean and Sean and um, Paul, thank you for jumping on so quickly. And uh, we will do this again. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Sean. Be well, great everyone. Nice talking to you. Thank you, Bye, Sean. Guys. Yes, have a great Thank you, too. Hey, if you have a passion for helping others and you want to create a more meaningful career or add to your current skill set, it's time to become a life coach with Lumia. When I became a life coach many years ago, there wasn't anything like this. So I developed this program alongside with Noel Cordeaux, Lumia Coach Training. And it's amazing. It's 100% live and online, meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, ICF accredited to with 20 diverse instructors in a thriving alumni community. Go to theangrytherapist.com and click on Become a Coach and explore Lumia Coach Training. I'll see you in class.